This is Nick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl and while at Cows Week in 2019, I've managed to sit down with an amazing sailor girl who I've met a little bit more closely this week, Lucy Hodges, MBE as well, is sitting across from me right now and I thought I'd, I'd you know, get the podcast happening again because Lucy, you've told me that podcasts are one of your favourite things. Yeah, being, being visually impaired, um, it's a nice thing to sit and listen to. Um, on podcasts, people are so so descriptive about what they're doing. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a picture, but in words. Indeed, and we're sitting here on the veranda at the... Well, what's the AQL house at 88 High Street? Corby House is, is quite a good venue. We're right in the thick of it, aren't we? Uh, we're right in the centre of cows. There's a white door. Very, It's not a discreet door. It's a rather grand door. And uh, but this door opens up to the most amazing setting right on the waterfront. Uh, so we've got grass leads down to a swimming pool, and then uh, we can s launch our boat probably if we had a small enough boat. Mm. But um, Adam's Ad Professor Adam Bowen's boat is a bit bigger than that, so it's in the harbour. But yeah, and it just gives a, an amazing uh, sort of like house for Adam to host all of his guests and all his the people that come and see us for AQL. Indeed, and I, I think it's it's really special that you're here as well. You've been out on the boat and, and going sailing, and I think the, the awesome thing about you, Lucy, is that no-one would know you were visually impaired if you didn't tell them effectively. No, you can oft, often get in trouble. I'm often reminded when I have an accident and go into A&E where I've um, often been sort of like hurt or injured or I've done something that my... The white cane that we have, so like people have visually impaired have a white cane or a guide dog, and uh, I'm often reminded they're there for other people to realise there's something a little bit different about me. So, uh, yeah, no, it's good, and especially at Cowsway. It's got such a massive vibe and a big... Um, lots of people going places, and later on in the evening, uh, lots of people and, uh, under the influence of that alcohol thing and having a party. In, indeed, but I mean, on, on a boat, is, is that one of the places that you feel most at home? Yeah, so um, I'm amazingly lucky to be a guest at AQL's house under... Uh, Professor Adam Bowman and one of the one of the reasons I'm here is to a expand myself um, and have the the courage to take the next step with my charity next step in my career and uh, I've been asked that question a lot and uh, I probably express it in words but not in writing but it's like if you take a really really busy high street everything's moving everyone's got their their own sort of like end goal they're going for a loaf of bed going for milk or they're going for a cup of tea uh, all the cars are moving at pace, but you get on a boat, you've got the mainsail, the jib, uh, uh, the spinnaker kite, and they all come back to the same place, and uh, you jump on board, you're a crew, so if you don't communicate, you won't leave the dock, because no one will untie the rope, so you can't put the engine in reverse. Um, and if you don't work as a team, um, the boat, again, doesn't work, because you're not working as a team, you're not communicating, and if you're not sharing that knowledge and that passion and working together, and uh, I think being visually impaired, when you take all of that, um, it, when you go on a boat, it just re it relieves you from all the hustle and bustle. The environment's the same. And then you might not have that one sense, that visual sense, but you've, you can use all the other senses um, to sail a boat just as equally as an able-bodied person. And, and, and you say that with such ease. I depend on my sight so highly as a sailor. I love calling breeze. I, I love looking at the other boats. I commentate a lot of racing, so I'm, I'm looking at boats all the time. For those who may not understand uh, your visual impairment, can you explain to me, I know it might be difficult, just exactly what you can and, and can't see or what, it, what it's like for you? It must be hard because what do you compare it to? Um, 
I'm shocked each day, and I suppose when my uh, niece and nephew grow, grow as they grow up, they start talking about things that they can see, and they're asking me questions, and then you do sit back and think, oh no, I can't can't see that, and uh, but you've got coping mechanisms. I was, this may sound strange, but I was so so lucky to be born with my vision as it is now. The the people we take into blind sailing, um, ninety percent of them, the age of thirty, the age of forty, they've either had an onset of a sort of like a degenerative um, condition through the family or something's happened. You know, in this day, people are getting so stressed, they're so hyped, you've got to go from A to B, you've got to be doing this, you've got to be doing that. And that just puts massive pressure on the body. And um, so many people are becoming uh, visually impaired by strokes under the age of 30 now. So being, being born with my disability, my mum and dad were like the the maker of me they would send me out with my mates on my bike in the village unbeknown to them just what i could see so they had no they knew i couldn't see as well but they had no fear but no one in the village cared if i hit their car or scratched their car or you know it was a really nice place to go up i'd go into a and e practically probably three times a week i've got 26 times i caught my head on different things but they'd stitch me back up and put me out um so i sort of see in 2d uh, I don't see 3D, so I don't see steps and slopes. Um, every part of my vision is affected. I've got photophobia and nystagmus, and I suppose the biggest thing for me when I'm sailing is that photophobia bit, the nystagmus bit and the lack of vision, so the lack of distance and the lack of close-up. You can, you can cope with by having sort of like other things around you, people communicating to you. Um, but the photophobia, it's like I've just shut my eyes here because the clouds have started to move. Like, right. Um, that that's like a firework going off in my in my eyes the light coming in in most people goes straight through and helps the picture create but light going into my eyes is like a firework going off and it's it's quite often sort of painful in a way um so that's probably the biggest hindrance in my eyesight and then with nystagmus it has the most weird thing so emotions are fantastic in our body we all um go on highs we go on lows uh, we have people shouting at us and and those sort of emotions with someone with nystagmus can make you go totally blind or can make your eyes start to shake uh, more violently um so you have to learn to to control that in life and when i started sailing that was the one of the big things um it sort of helped me with was controlling my emotions having that sense of freedom out on the water so yeah, so when I look out, so we're looking at, I know we're looking at a garden, mm. and if it was the first time to my house, the only thing that would give me a gist that's a garden is the fact that I'm really lucky and can see colour, so I'd see lots of green, so I'd associate, associate that with a, with a garden. Mm. So I tend to use the different things um, around me and the knowledge that you build up. Like, Dad was always like, well, look at, your, look at the floor you've just stepped on, what colour it is, and use that as, like, the safety colour. So anything else that was a different colour could be a chair, a table, and stuff like that. So he was... Mum and Dad were, like, massive, along with my friends and family, um, massive supporters of me having a, a very, very normal life, really. That's so lucky, and it's, like you say, coping mechanisms and the way that people can develop and, and move through. But, it, I mean, it's astounding to anybody who's listening to this just going, oh, my gosh... Uh, I don't think I could do that, but for you, it's normal. Yeah, so I had a really lucky opportunity with uh, women's match racing, because I know you're into match racing. Yeah. So um, I took um, some of the match racing world championship girls out for mm. a race. And um, so I was tactician with my, my site and uh, took two of the other girls out from um, USA. 
So one was totally blindfolded as a helm, as we do. So we do match racing with no sighted on board. It's yeah. done with sound signals. So sh she she was quite happy to be totally blindfolded because you do a bit of training um, on land and stuff like that. So she was the helm, and the main sheeter was a what's called a B3, so like tunnel vision. Okay. And uh, it was really funny because we left the dock behind the rib, all fine, all cool. We put down the blindfolds that they had to make them visually impaired and was going to start the race. And the boat was like head to wind and the sail was <laughs> flapping. And I went, guys, guys. They were like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Where are we going? Where are we going? And I was like, like, let's just take two seconds. Let's just relax. Yeah. And I said, just remember the basics. I said, remember the basics. So let's feel the boat. Let's feel the breeze. Let's get this boat moving so we, we can feel what it's doing. And then we'll add the sound system, how, what we use to get around the racetrack. And it was really funny because they just had this moment of panic. So I can truly understand. I've took one sense away from them and got the racer. But once I sort of said to them, right, feel the wind on your face, you know, feel the breeze. I said, you probably, like you said, you rely on your sight. And, but if probably if I challenged you, and we, mm. you probably do actually use your senses and the feel of the breeze and the sun. But it's just not that conscious thing that you do. But yeah. It was it was a fantastic thing to share my sport with people that are at the top of their game and just show them that they are using their senses and not everything around them has to be electronic or visual. Absolutely. Well, that's why I race with a visor on. I never wear a hat because I like feeling the wind across the top of my head. And I have been blindfolded before, not for as long a period. And we've all done the drill where the, the coach takes your rudder off you and you know, all that yeah. sort of stuff. So, I mean, it could be a really valuable exercise for a lot of our sailors to be blindfolded. Yeah, no, definitely. So I've been doing some... I'm trying to go around and uh, sort of, like, inspire people... Um, it's one of those disabilities that can often be a, be a, there can be a bit of a barrier in life to people getting into yacht clubs and getting into into racing and that. But I've been trying to spread the story, and I, I used the technique of blindfolding, and I went to a. Um, uh, just an activity centre and I got them to do their simplest job they do first thing in the morning and that's launching the rib so I made sure they were totally safe there was eyes on it cause obviously, and it was really funny how they sort of started sort of like bossing each other around <laughs> and uh, pushing each other there and, and it was really and you use that sort of um, environment to then say to them guys what happened to the teamwork there you know you, you put it's like putting the baby in the corner because they put the person that was totally blind in the corner so they were safe but that person was probably the strongest person they could have used them so it's been it's quite educational to sort of like use a visual impairment to te teach people like teamwork uh communication and and stuff like that and, so, and dynamics yes oh definitely definitely and using your skill set everyone's skill set is different it's like I am so privileged to be in the AQL house and be asked by Adam to be in the house. And I, I sit back and look and think, well, what do I bring? Such fantastic businessmen come to the house, such fantastic guests. And then when I take him out of the boat and I share what I do, my sailing, and I'm communicating with them and doing all this, and then they take that back and there's a little bit of inspiration that goes into them. So, you know, you don't... Everyone's skill sets are different and it's having the opportunities like I have and the opportunities I give through our charity Blind Sailing... And then people people grow, you know. Little things can do so much for people. Now, while you're talking about your charity, and we'll lead into that in just a minute, you know, your sailing history, you've gotten to a particularly high level. Yeah, I'm quite lucky. Um, yeah. I love how you say I'm quite lucky all the time. You are such a positive person. Yeah, no, it's, I think you've got to be positive because I could quite easily shut the door and take take that easy road out and, and that's my thing, what I'm encouraging others. Um, yeah, I, um, I've got three, three world titles with the team for blind match racing. 
two personal golds along with sort of silver and bronze in uh, fleet blind fleet racing and uh, we're just in two weeks time heading in september heading out to canada for the blind world championship so i might be able to add a six personal gold medal to that hopefully that, that would be very special. I'm sure there's a lot of people who are going to be big fans of, of Lucy Hodges after this podcast and cheering you on. And so I'm, I guess now moving into your charity and, and, I mean, it already seems like you've been giving back your entire life, but tell me a little bit about this this foundation that you've set up and what you're hoping to achieve. Yeah, well, the the, the charity was, was there in a small form when I was about 18 and uh, I got involved. And um, there was every four years there was a blind world championships, and uh, I, I, I attended my first one I think when I was 18, uh, a long, long time ago, and uh, I was so privileged to be part of it. But one of the things that I wanted to do, I wanted to do more of it. Um, I'd come from background of competing at swimming at a high level, and I was now in a sport that I really felt at home with and wanted to do more with. And um, the opportunity came to head up the the charity. And, uh, God, I think it's about 15 years ago that I sort of took it on. And I said, right, my ambition is a five-year plan to get the charity to a stage where we're putting on training 11 months of the year. So we have Christmas off, uh, might have a few drinks, but getting, get, get enabling people to go on the water 11 months a year and also compete at a national championships, other racing that we can get into around the UK and also sending teams to world championships because there's now a world championships every year. Um, so we do from grassroots sailing. So that was my passion because um, I started with them knowing not even one end of a boat from another, not a bow or anything like that, nothing at all, to give the people that first first fill on the water and then have different avenues so they can just go cruising, come because like blind week as well, um, just go out and go on holiday or literally have that goal to be up at the world level and be able to sail and compete and race. So we added in more and more advanced tr coaching uh, so we're very lucky to have really good coaching on board invited guest coaches with us um, and it's just it's growing it's, it's growing it's getting bigger all the time and um, I think that's my next challenge I uh, next year we're really lucky in Walker our way a uh, race coach he came and watched us for a couple of days at the Worlds last year in September and uh, part of that is us now becoming integrated into the Killboat Academy in the UK and uh, I won an automatic place into the final through winning uh, with my uh, tactician Ben Hazeldine winning a, an automatic so that will be our massive step up because that will be against all the guys that have fought for a slot um, in the final so it began going against all the able-bodied sailors that are wanting a pro career so it's going to be massive at the end of September so yeah the charity is great but it does more than just like that we were talking about communication and that yeah. those skills they then transfer to have um, quality of life really it gives them confidence to perhaps open up their own business um, get job interviews and stuff like that so it it's more than about just being on the water it's given them a, a base and a growth uh, to achieve things and for me, that's why I love sailing so much because it does help as a leveller to give people so many life skills, no matter whether you're blind, whether you're a quadriplegic, whether you're able-bodied and just trying to get through life. It's, um, it's one of those sports that really, I think, has the opportunity to give everybody something back because you said earlier, we all have our weaknesses, we all have our strengths yeah. and sailing gives us the ability to 
build our strengths and work on our weaknesses. Yeah, and 100%. It's like um, with the guys we've had on board this week, they can't sit there on their phones texting and answering emails <laughs> and stuff like that because it's, it's too dangerous, you know, it's too dangerous, especially with the winds we've had here in Cowsweek. Um, and it just gives them a break. Everyone, like, you see it, the kids these days constantly on their phones, text messages, where, you know, the art of picking up the phone and chatting, you know, like us sitting and having a chat, you know, yeah. um, it's, it's all changing, but when you're on a boat, you've got to chat to each other, you know, you've got to talk to each other. You can't pick up and send a text or an emoji, you know, let's go faster, thumbs up, it's going, that's a waste of time, you know. <laughs> it might come, the bow might have a little electronic pad and we might have emojis sent to the back yeah. of the boat, who or knows? Or the Wiley Coyote sign, yeah. like, can you please tell us what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, so if you take it in that, you know, it's like um, lots of things about stress and meditation, that's part of something else I teach. But actually, being out on a boat, that is meditation in itself and takes it away, you know. And I, I hope that pace of life, you know, sort of changes for some people and sailing's a massive way that they can, they can do that. So um, I, I completely agree with you. And so I'm, I'm going to lump this question on you. And I know it's, it's quite controversial. Uh, for me, it's, it's a no-brainer. But, you know, what, what are your thoughts on, on the Paralympics dropping uh, sailing as a sport? Um, it's massive, really. It is massive. Um, it's sad in a way, and I do hope through the work that World Sailing are doing and the restructuring they're doing and sort of the, the different ways they're trying to do stuff now, different boats and that, I do, I do hope they succeed to get it back in. I've got every faith that they will get that back in. Um, I think the stuff that we're doing, where Blind Sailing's actually expanding, that'll, that'll influence and, and help it. Um, and also, they're, they're, they're tapping into grassroots now. I don't yeah. think we did that enough in Paralympic sailing. I think it was left a bit too late. But we're now seeing some youngsters enjoying themselves. In the UK, um, our way of sailability, under the new leadership of Joff, he's, he's changing and shaping, especially in the UK. I can, I can see it changing. We've just all been to the multi-class regatta in Weymouth. Yeah. And it's the first time I've been able to take and enter five boats into the multi-class just because of the new location. Yeah. So we've been racing Elliot's. So that's a massive opener. So that's that's another 25 sailors taking part in the biggest UK event that wouldn't have had the opportunity before. So for, for the growth of for the sport, to get it back into the Paralympics, that everyone's trying to do really, really positive things. Um, you're seeing lots of the European countries still doing things. And I'm proud of that because it could have gone could have gone the other way and at the moment i think it's going in a really really positive way all right you lose some big sponsorship and stuff like that but there's other ways you round you can do it to keep it growing and uh, uh you know you take some of the people that just use sip and puff what freedom do they get so sip and puff when they um they they suck in to, yeah. to move the helm and stuff like that. You, you miss you hillary lister yeah yeah but you got um Oh, the pink boat, is it Lady Eyes? You know, following her footsteps. How cool is that? You know, and uh, I follow her on Facebook and stuff like that. You know, and she she's an inspiration to everyone. Young girl, and uh, she did a hundred miles, didn't she? A mile a day, raising money and charity. So, you know, sailing opens up so many doors that some. I think all sports open up doors, but sailing just allows lots of people to be to be as one together. And uh, disability doesn't matter. So, I'm hopeful it'll be back in. Very sad, but really, really hopeful. Yeah, I'm really sad too. And you might be able to hear the rain now has just increased a little bit as well. But I, I just want to point out as well, you just said there that sailing struggles a little bit at the grassroots level. And I don't think that's in just disabled sport. It's been across the board for a little while now. So hopefully we can do it, you know, through able-bodied and, and disabled 
sailing to get more people in at the base and that's why I'm focusing on youth as well. But your foundation, do you want to tell me um, the name of it, where people can find out more information about it and where they can find out more information about you too because I'm, I'm sure they're going to want to look that up now. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we've got a website www.gbrblindsailing.co.uk and uh, there's lots of blog stories on there and news. It's all done by me, so uh, it's all in my own words. Wonder Woman. Yeah, so it's, it's done by me. We've got Facebook, Blind Sailing UK. Um, so you can look us up on all of that and follow our story for the world in two weeks' time as well um, and what we've been up to. Myself, uh, Facebook, it's Lucy Hodges MBE and on uh, Instagram and stuff like that. So I'm just building that, so learning from you on how you build all that career. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm more than happy to help, but I'm, I'm learning from you uh, all the time. And I have to say that this lady sitting across from me, you can't see her, but she's always got a smile on her face. She's always thinking and, um, and she's always, as I already mentioned, incredibly positive and always looking to help others around her. So uh, all, all the best to you, Lucy, and thank you so much for catching up with me. Yeah, thank you. It's been, been amazing. Hasn't it been awesome? And I'm so glad that I managed to bump into you. I love, I love the way that things happen like that. And, and Cows Week is a special event and, and it's definitely been special to meet you. And I think that was special as well. So we met as uh, yeah. just Nick and just Lucy <laughs> and we were two normal people because that's at the end day what we are, just doing good things out there, aren't we? So. Exactly. I think we have to remember, it's, it's a quote that my dad taught me when I was younger. It's there are, there are no extraordinary people in this world, just ordinary people who, who rise to do extraordinary things things and I think that matches you perfectly actually Miss Lucy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we'll be just Nick and just Lucy and, and hopefully we'll have a few more podcasts coming too so that you can enjoy them. I know I've been a bit slack with the podcast but I, um, I thought that this was a really good opportunity to get it out there and, and happening again so um, you'll, you'll, you'll all have to stay tuned for more from Nick Douglas and Adventures with Sailor Girl revamping the podcast that's been around for about five or so years now. So see you soon guys. Enjoy your own adventures wherever you are.